We're in a sermon series right now called Pray First. I want to be a Pray First church. I want to be a Pray First husband. I don't want prayer to be my last resort. I want to be a Pray First. So I know for me, like in our meetings, we try to pray first before we start a meeting. Uh, If you've ever had to maybe come and meet with me in my office for maybe a personal reason, what do we do? Let's pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit into this conversation, and we'll move on. When I counsel couples, whatever, let's pray, right? Um, I want to be a pray first church, not a last resort kind of praying. First Timothy says this, I urge you then, first of all, to pray that Petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. All people. That means that you pray for your family. That means you pray for your supervisor, your boss. You pray for your president. You pray for your governor. All people. That you even pray for someone that you might even consider your enemy. You pray for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that you may live peaceful and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. Pray first. So in part one of this series was called Ask. That we can ask, seek, and knock, and the door will be open for you. And then and last week, we talked about how Jesus said to pray. And, he's, and Jesus teaches us how to pray with the Lord's Prayer. And we use it as a model for prayer. And Jesus, what he likes is a heart that is right and prayer that is real. And we dealt with issues of the heart with prayer last week and real prayer. And so through the, through the Lord's Prayer, we basically... We, we saw in this model that we first approach God with honor and worship. In other words, you don't go before the king empty-handed. You bring gifts. And as I read through the Old Testament, whenever people would come to the king, they'd always bring stuff. It's like, well, we don't, we don't have to come to the king empty-handed. Like we showed up this morning, we just gave him worship and glory. So we approach God with honor and worship. And we pray God's will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We also get to bring to him our personal needs. Isn't that awesome? That the God of the universe is interested in your personal needs. And through prayer, we ultimately find freedom. So that was last week. If you want to get caught up, you can always go to newlifeforkokomo.org and get caught up on our series. But today we're going to look at how Paul said to pray. Last week was how Jesus said to pray. Today I want to talk about how Paul said to pray. And we're going to use some of Paul's writings as a prayer model for us. Now, Paul, how Paul says to pray is we're going to basically talk about praying for others. How we can use what he, how he prays as a model for how we can pray for others. Now, part of being a pray first church is, is we should be praying for others. Pray for people in authority, yes, but pray for others. When, when, I, when I do go through kind of my daily prayer, I always kind of have the same rhythm to my prayer. I usually start off with some, some kind of adoration or, or thanks to God. 
praise to him. Lord, you're just, so, you're just the best. And I just kind of like, you know, worship is, is, is like telling God how awesome he is, right? Bragging about God to God. So that's how I usually start off. But then, my, but then those very next is I pray for Jenny. I pray for my wife. I pray for my kids, each of them by name. I have a family member that's, that's left the faith and, and doesn't believe at all anymore, and I, I pray for them. And then I pray for all of you. Pray for our church. And then I just kind of allow that prayer to just go by where, however it goes. So Paul, Paul tells us how to pray, and, and it's important also to pray for others. Have you ever had a time in your life where you were so thankful that you had people praying for you? Oh, man. I've had seasons in my life where I've said, you're praying for me, aren't you? And they said, oh, yeah, I don't, the Lord's placed you on my heart. I've been praying for you. I, I, can, I can sense your prayer. Thank you. Or when you're going through something heavy and you can reach out to your close group and your, or family and friends and say, I, I really need you to really focus and pray. You know, that has gotten us through some stuff, let me tell you. The power of prayer and the power of having people interceding in your corner. And if you're like, man, I wish I knew that I had somebody in my corner praying for me, I want you to know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and he is interceding for you. He's, he's interceding for you. So Paul said to pray for others. We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. This is what it says. It says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith. Now, I want to remind you what we're reading here. Paul is writing a letter to the church at Ephesus. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. He says this, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you. In my prayers, I keep asking that uh, the God of our Lord Jesus, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope in which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance to his holy people, in his incomparably great power for us who believe that the power, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over every, uh, everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now, I want to first start off, kind of look again at Ephesians 1.17, and this is what it said. I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom so that you may know him better. And so this is how we can pray. We can insert people's names here. I keep praying, son daughter, that the Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom. I keep praying, husband, wife, that you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that 
son, daughter, husband, father, husband, wife, so that you may know him better. So the first thing I want you to pray for is that we, when we pray for others, we can pray for wisdom and revelation. And wisdom is, is, is more than just knowledge. Knowledge is knowing stuff. But wisdom is applying that stuff to your life. I don't want you to just, like, to know stuff is good, but to apply it is so much better. It's like when, 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 uh, when the scripture talks about our effectiveness being like salt. If salt loses its saltiness, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. It's to be thrown out. But salt is not effective unless it's applied. If you, if you imagine uh, when you're sitting down for a good meal and, you, and someone says, pass me the salt, and you hand them the salt, and they hold the salt shaker and just keep eating. Well, you, you got to put it on. You got you to apply it. So we have this knowledge. We want our kids, we want our husbands, our, our wives, our friends. Our, our, we, we, I want you to have knowledge. I want you to apply that knowledge. And that application of knowledge is called wisdom. And so wisdom is the application of knowledge. So when we pray, we, we could pray, God, would you, would you give my children knowledge, the ability to know how to apply your truths in all of life's circumstances? And would you give them revelation? In other words, would you, would you open up to them? Would you, would you take the lid off? Would you pull back the curtain so that they, can, that they could see a way where they didn't see a way before? Would you give them, would you pull back the curtain for, so they can, they can see the path in which you want them to go? I mean, I mean don't, don't you want that for your kids so they can, they can know the way? They can know the truth. God, would you, would you give them that revelation? Would you pull back the curtain? Would you take the lid off? For my spouse when they're in their career, for, my, for, my, for our, our home life, in the marketplace, would you pull back the curtain so that we can know the pathway? Because everybody in this world is saying, I just need to know what to do. Which path should I take with my career? How, which path should we go with, with helping our child? Which path should we go with our personal life? Well, God, I pray that you would give them wisdom to know and revelation to see. And, and that we can pray for our others in this way and so this this, so here's the prayer then it's ultimately to know god more because remember the the verse it said may you give the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they may know him better so when we use this in prayer now we can say god i pray that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation but god may my children know you more would you pull back the curtain, not just to show them the ways that they need to go. Would you pull back the curtain and reveal yourself to them so they can know you more and more? Would you pull back the curtain on my wife's life? Would you, would you lift the lid on her so she can continue, God, to know you more and more? 
God, would you pull back the curtain for that loved one in my life that has renounced their faith and has walked away with you? Would you pull back the curtains that then their eyes can see the light again and they can know you more? He goes on in Ephesians 1.18, he says, if he, to remind you, we, we read the whole thing already, but let's go back. Verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance to his holy people. It says, your eyes to be enlightened. In the Greek here, it means to be flooded with light. Flooded with light. So now we can pray, I pray, son and daughter, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. I pray, friend, mother, father, that you would be flooded with light in order that you may know the hope of your calling. Flooded with light. Have you ever heard a strange sound in the backyard and you look out at night and you're like, what's going on out there? And then you flip the light on. You flip on that floodlight and it, and it lights up, it, it fills the backyard with light. Um, I was, uh, years ago, in our house in Lafayette, I was sitting at the kitchen table late at night doing some college studies and, uh, and I heard what I thought was a dog. But then it sounded like a lot of dogs sounded like a whole pack of dogs yelping and chirping I mean it was I was like what in the world is going on out there and I slid open the back door and they were going wild and what it was 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 a pack of coyotes in our backyard they were celebrating that they caught something I hope it was my neighbor's dog I don't know (laughs) my neighbor's dog was crazy they caught something and they're going nuts and like we kind of we we're kind of in town, and it was spooky. I flipped the light on, and it went silent, and I could hear those suckers running. And, and, and you know, sometimes there's some frightening things in life until the lights turn on. Until the lights turn on. I was telling my son this the other night. We we just uh, we just spent the weekend uh, at a. At a a basketball tournament. So we, uh, I just got home last night. We were in a hotel room for a couple nights doing basketball stuff. Well, uh, the night before, one of the boys got out of the shower after basketball, and, uh, and uh, you know how sometimes kids do. He, there's this wet towel and a bundle on the floor. I'm like, hey, we got to hang that up because, like, they're not going to replace our towels tomorrow. Uh, so we need to hang it up so it dries. So I, I hang it on the, the handle of the closet in the hotel room. And at about three in the morning, I heard that, that sound, the sound of a handle flop, like, like on the door. And it woke me up. I'm like, someone's trying to get in our room. Because that's exactly what it sounded. I heard the handle. And so I laid there for a second to hear if I heard anything else. I was like, I need to, I need to find out what's going on, right? Got, got my boys here. So I get my flashlight on my phone, and I make my way through the room just to find that that towel I put over the handle had slipped off, and it flipped that handle. And I was like, oh. I was really worried there for a second that something's breaking in. Something's going to take our life. We experience these things all the time. We have fears and anxieties that 
that we are playing through our head, right? But let me tell you, when the lights turn on, though, and you can see, I didn't need to be worried. And we can pray for our children. We can pray for our spouse. We can pray for others in this way that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened. But, but not just in the physical realm. You see, you have two sets of eyes. We have these eyes in which you are looking up this way. And I have these eyes, and I'm looking out that way. And, and just so you know, if you ever wonder, I hope the pastor didn't see me pick my whatever. I can't hardly see anything up here, okay? <laughs> these things are like high beams on the highway. Uh, I can't see any of y'all. And I just looked up, and now I can't see nothing. But we have two sets of eyes, our physical eye, and then the, the, I cannot see. I looked up that way. And then we have the, the, the spiritual vision. Pray that the eyes of your heart, it says, that the eyes of your head, pray that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened, that the lights would turn on. So we, we, well, we can pray for others that, that they would have a spiritual vision for their life, direction, but ultimately, it says, in order to know the hope that he has called you to. And so we, this is the prayer. To pray, when we pray for others, we can pray that they know the hope of their calling. Parents, this is for us. That we can pray for our children. That they can know the hope of their calling. That God has a purpose for their lives that they can know that purpose and have hope in it. I want you to know that God wants me to do such and such. And so pray, my children. So we can pray for, and we can call them by name, that God would flood you with light, that you would know your calling. You would know the direction. We all can be praying for the next generation. Pray to flood them with light to know their calling. So here's the prayer. Pray for the hope, and that hope be like an anchor. To pray that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened, flooded with light, so that they can know the hope of their calling. And that hope is an anchor, so that when stormy weather comes and the winds are blowing hard against the bow and it wants to move you and, and your life is beginning to sway and rock, you're anchored because you know you're calling. You, you think that after 16 years of ministry, you, you wonder why I'm still here? Because somewhere, somehow, God anchored me with a hope to the calling he placed in my life. That God, that the eyes of my heart were enlightened that I saw so clearly that God clearly had spoken to me. God cleared me, clearly called me to do what I'm doing. It, it was so clear, I left careers. I left behind things. We have gone without. We have sacrificed. And the waves have rocked sometimes, and the wind has blown. But I've had this anchor of hope that my, the eyes of my heart were enlightened. I saw clearly God's pathway for, for my life. And then when the winds blew, and, I, and I, my flesh wants to compare my life to some of my friends over there, 
And I see what they get to do and the, and the things that they've done. And, and those are all things I, I gave up, you see. But then I remember <laughs> that hope that has anchored me to my calling. And your calling may not be like mine, but God has a calling for your life. And my children's calling may not be like mine, but they have a call on their life. Man, because it's the calling on our life that makes a difference. Career is how we make a dollar, but calling is how we make a difference. So no matter what your occupation is, God has put a call on your life. And my prayer for you, New Life Church, is that God would enlighten the eyes of your heart, that you would see and know and have the hope of your calling and be anchored to what God has called you to do. So when the wind blows and the waves rock, you can be firm, fastly fastened to God's call and purpose in your life. Hope is like an anchor. It keeps us steady. So in Anything that the Lord, anything other than the Lord that we may have is just wishful thinking. It isn't secure. It's like the vessel in the ocean with no anchor, wishing to stay the course. We don't have to wish. We can be anchored with hope and not be moved. So when we pray, we can pray that others can know the hope of their calling. The, uh, the, the lights of their heart would be enlightened, flooded with light. Paul goes on in the 19th verse. He says, And his incomparably great power, God's power is incomparable. There is nothing, say nothing, nothing can compare to the power of God. His incomparably great power for us who believe God's incomparably great power is for you if you believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave is available to you, to you, whether you work at the line at Stellantis or you preach this gospel in ministry, the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. Checkmate, devil. <laughs> Checkmate. Because when they put Jesus in the grave, when, he's, when they pierced his side and out came both blood and water, and Jesus gave up his spirit and said, it is finished, and his head hung, and they pulled him off that, you know the devil was thinking, we did it! High fives, everybody, we did it! We got him! He's in the grave, we, we did it! We did it! We won! three days later. And the Romans put 16 soldiers around that tomb to make sure nobody took the body and did anything funny. 
the heavy stone rolled away. Put your finger right here, Thomas. Aren't these the holes where they pierce my hands? Put, come here, give me your hand. Put it right here. Is that where they put it in the spear? I'm alive. Now imagine Satan. Run, boys! If he can come out of that, we have no chance. And that same power, that same power is available to you. And the devil wants you to feel like he's got the upper hand on you. That's why he works in darkness. That's why you need to be flooded with light. And when the light comes on, you realize it was just the towel and the doorknob, dude. He ain't kicking in the door. You will realize, oh, I was anxious about nothing. And the dogs of doom, it's just a yappy little chihuahua at your feet. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave is available to you. So when we pray, and when we pray for others, pray they live in power. Listen, when our kids are old and grown, and some of you have older kids, and, and so you know this to be more real than I know it to be real, we need to pray that they go in that, out into the world and live in power. That they walk in power that they pray in power, and that they have the power. And I've, I've said this before, but I, I, I just know it to be true. And that is that the Christian life is not hard, guys. It's impossible. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and if, you, if you don't believe me yet, I want you to consider Peter. Peter is, he's, he's what Jesus called the rock. You are Petra. You are the rock, man. Yeah, well, Peter, uh, when they were beating Jesus three times, they were saying, hey, haven't I, have I seen you before? Weren't you, with, weren't you with that guy? Oh, no, no, no. You got the wrong guy. That is not me. I, uh, I, can, I can tell by the way you talk. You were with him. And what's Peter thinking? Man, what they're doing to Jesus right now, they're about to do to me if they find out I'm one of his disciples. He's a you got the wrong guy. A third time. This time it was a little girl. I've seen you before. You're with him. He cursed her out, the Bible says. Called down curses. I'm not the guy. Bleepity bleep. That's Peter. Before the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts, Peter, who has now seen the risen Christ with his own eyes, Watch him ascend to heaven. And now is waiting for the promise because Jesus is one greater than I is coming. And he will fill you and empower you. And the Holy Spirit fell. And he was empowered. Empowered. He runs out into the marketplace, into the streets of the same people that accused him of being with Jesus. The same people that accused Jesus and called for his death. He goes out there and says... I'm one of them. And he preaches with boldness, with words the Holy Spirit gave him. Thousands were added to the church that day. And that was the church's birthday. We need to pray that we live in power. Pray that our kids, our spouses, 
our church live in this power. So here's the prayer. Pray for others that they are not defeated. They are powerful. You are not a defeated individual. You have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It dwells on the inside of you. And Acts says, Jesus says, wait for this promise. For it is the power to be a witness. See, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not to learn behaviors to, to utilize in a church service. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is to empower you for this life and the hope of your calling. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need it. And so a parallel prayer to this, Paul again writes to the Colossians, the church in Colossae. In Colossians chapter 1, this is what it says. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all of the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, that's your calling, and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in knowledge and faith, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have a great endurance and patience. And this is a prayer that we can use to pray for others. A, a couple things about, about praying for others. Let me give you some what ifs. What if I started a prayer list? And, and this would just be a list of things that you're praying. Have, have you ever told somebody, I'm praying for you? And I hope you do. But what if we started a prayer list and we got purposeful about our prayer? I have a prayer list. I keep it digitally on my phone. Um, sometimes I meet people out on the golf course. And God just, they just, I just feel God place them on my heart. They go on my prayer list. I pray for them by name. What if we had a prayer list? What if I, what if I prayed for people that God puts on my mind? Have you ever woke up in the middle of the night think with somebody on your mind? Have you gone throughout your day and like, man, I have not thought of that person in a really long time? What if we started praying for people that God puts on our mind? And what if we just became aware that he would? And I think that if we become aware that God would, that God will begin to reveal more and more people that we can be praying for. Because there are people that are going through stuff that no one knows but God. And I'm thankful that people in my life have said, hey, I want you to know, last week at this time, I was praying for you. And I was like, last week at that time, I was like, oh my word. If you had any idea what I was dealing with last week at that time, that was the Lord. Keep praying. What if we prayed for people that God puts on our mind? What if I prayed for my family regularly? Maybe it would change your perspective of your family. And maybe it would help transform the home that your family resides. What if I prayed in the Spirit? What if I prayed with power? What if I prayed in the Spirit and I have things to pray even though I don't know what to say? 
what if I pray in the Spirit? And next week we'll talk about powerful prayers. Let's be a pray for his church. Pray for his families. And in this last part, like we did last week, we kind of last week turned this into a prayer laboratory where we tried some stuff, tried some prayer models. Well, tonight, This morning we're going to do the same thing in conclusion. And we're going to use Paul's prayer as a model to pray for others. So would you help and just stand to your feet today. And you, I want you to feel comfortable to even pray out loud or pray with your spouse. Pray on your own. We're going to use Paul's prayer in Colossians where we can actually insert the names of people in our lives in prayer. So we can pray like this for this reason. Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Insert their name. And since my, my son Aiden is here this morning and the rest of our family is at home sick, uh, I'm going to use Aiden as an example. I didn't think I was going <laughs> to... Uh. Aiden, since the day I met you, I've not stopped praying for you. Continually, I ask God to fill you, Aiden, with knowledge full of discernment of his will through all wisdom, the application of knowledge and the understanding the Spirit gives so that you, Aiden, will live a life worthy of the Lord and please God in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in knowledge of God. We can pray for our kids like this. We can pray for our spouses like this. Sometimes it's a difficult thing for people in prayers. I don't know what to say. We can use God's word, and, and Paul has this example of how we can pray for others. So the worship team is just going to give us some background here, and we're just going to, in your own way, would you just begin to pray right now where you are? It's just it's going to kind of be unled from me at this time, but would you just take the next couple minutes looking at the words on the screen, insert the names of some people in your life and really begin to pray for them. And just, just go ahead and do that right now. Just do that right now. God, thank you for hearing our prayers this morning. So many prayers, God, were lifted up for children, friends, spouses, neighbors, co-workers. Lord, may we be a praying church that is helping shift the world around us, that we are, we are turning the lights on and darkness is fleeing, that we would live in power and not feel defeated, we pray. And now, Lord, as we finish off this last week of our 21 days of focused prayer and fasting, I pray that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened more and more each day walking in power, moving in power, leaving healed with the burden lifted, all fear residing, because we are rooted and founded in you, we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. amen. Hey, have a blessed